Well, welcome to Everyday Androvian, a podcast to help us walk more closely with Jesus. And I'm Josh, joined here by my co-host, Jono, and Jonathan. Uh, what are we talking about today? Well, today we're going to enter into conversation about what everyone else is having conversations about, the coronavirus, but we're going to do it from a distinctly Christian perspective. And I should clarify, we're not literally going to be discussing the coronavirus for the length of this podcast, sorry to disappoint you, but rather we're going to focus on a, a, a Christian response to the coronavirus, particularly with reference to the Psalms. But before we get there, we want to start with a bit of a narrative. What has happened and how can we begin to think about this along Christian lines? We live in a time of trouble, in the midst of plague. A potent virus is colonizing the globe with seemingly unstoppable progress. On a daily basis, almost every statistic we encounter speaks bad news. Political and medical authorities are looked to now more than ever for leadership, and this is what they're earnestly trying to provide. But the standard antiviral measures put in place are extremely disruptive. Daily life in almost every aspect has become extraordinary. Apart from physical sickness, there's understandable anxiety. Leaders and civil communities can only do so much to stop the spread. Medical authorities at this stage can only try to treat but not cure or prevent the virus. But it's not only illness and anxiety. One of the major outcomes of this situation is isolation. The phrase self-isolation has entered the lexicon and is now a sad fact of life for many people. The word isolation actually comes from a Latin word, insulatus, which means made into an island. Self-isolation can feel that way too, as if you were an island in the ocean surrounded by nothing but infinite sea. And so we've ended up in a crisis. But in this time of crisis, the Christian's confidence isn't limited to what leaders and medical personnel can and can't do. This world in which the coronavirus is rife is in fact God's world. So even as we rightly listen to politicians and scientists, we can also bring our concerns to God. For God has spoken to us in his word. God presently speaks to us through his word. We learn there that God is presently ruling the world, presently exercising care, presently ready to hear our cries for help. His plan for all creation hasn't been derailed. It's still making its way mysteriously to its fulfillment in the return of our Lord and Saviour, King Jesus. And the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus has sent into our hearts, reminds us that we are inseparably joined to Jesus and through him, members of God's family. That is the whole and only ground of our confidence. That's the unseen reality, in the light of which we live out our lives together as a church family. And in this podcast, we want to start our conversation by reminding ourselves of a precious resource for a time of challenge, the Psalms. Okay, Jono, so you've mentioned the Psalms as a good resource at a time Mm -hmm. like this. Why do you say that? What have the Psalms got? I've got four reasons. I think the first reason why the Psalms are useful is because sometimes it's hard to find words to speak to God. Uh, We don't know how to articulate what we're feeling, especially when we have uh, feelings of anxiety, sorrow, and fear. 
but in the Psalms, God actually gives us words through the words of his people. Uh, And we can find our voice in the voice of God's people who went before us. The second reason is that uh, the Psalms are written by people privately to God, and this can connect with people who might be in self-isolation. And in this sense, the, the Psalms are soliloquies. Thomas Aquinas, a medieval thinker, wrote that a soliloquy is the conversation of man with God one-to-one or speaking within himself alone because this suits one who praises and one who prays. Uh, So through the Psalms, we meet with God intimately and enjoy his full undivided attention. Uh, The third reason is that the Psalms don't just express human emotion, but they meditate on God's being and on his promises. Uh, We need to voice our pain, our concerns, and our frustrations, but we equally need to hear and remember God's perspective. And the Psalms bring the reality of God's goodness and mercy into view. We read the Psalms so that our troubles can interact with a powerful, caring God. And finally, the Psalms help us process our emotions and difficulty uh, toward the end for which we were made and redeemed. And that's praising God. Because we know where we came from and where we're going, no matter the present moment, we can praise God. Our hearts were made to worship him. By bringing whatever we're experiencing to God through the Psalms, we can realign ourselves with the truth that we are loved and secure. God is our Father. Jesus is our Savior. The Holy Spirit is our Comforter. And nothing can change that. And, And therefore, we're led by this truth into the praise of the one true God. Wonderful. Thank you, Jono, for that soliloquy on soliloquies, <laughs> the Psalms. Yeah, I suppose it's a bit of a dramatic aside to yes. give my reasons, yeah. Okay, so Psalm 46, Jono. That's my introduction to you. That's a great introduction, Josh. Thank you very much. We're thinking about how we can reflect on this psalm in practical ways for our everyday lives. And we've come up with three reflections. Three reflections. Yep. What's the first one? The first one is one that we get actually from verse one. Verse one goes like this. God is our strength and refuge, a very present help in trouble. We thought that what's going on here is there's a tricky situation, which Andrew outlined in the sermon. That is the people of God are facing a massive overpowering army the first thing that their minds turn to is a solid conclusion about God, a truth about God. And that is that God is there and he is for them and he's for them as a refuge. He's going to be present with them in their trouble. And then that made us think, okay, even if say the coronavirus isn't really challenging me right now, I need to be ready for a time of challenge. Um, But maybe the coronavirus is challenging you right now. Maybe you are in self-isolation. Perhaps some of you are actually infected. I know that might be rare, but maybe you're experiencing what seems to be the symptoms you don't know yet. Uh, The question we need to be asking is, what are the truths about God that we've got stored up in our heart, in our mind, uh, that we can use to face this challenge? Mm. What are the things that we'll turn to, the first things that will come to mind when a crisis comes? That's right, um, because the news, uh, the news isn't going to provide that. Mm. Uh, we, we spoke in the Ephesians podcast about seeing things 
God's way and how we need God to reveal stuff to us. So we can take the truths that are in this psalm, the fact that God is with us, the fact that God is strong, and we can really apply that and have that in our minds as we face challenges. Yeah, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, just this assumption the psalm makes the beginning, God is there, God is with us. But it's such a powerful idea, a powerful truth to reflect on. It's something that is comforting in a time of, of crisis and distress. And it, I mean, I find it hard when I'm watching the news to kind of keep reminding myself of that fact. Yeah. That God is present in all that I'm seeing that's going on in Italy or all that I'm seeing is going on with government announcements. God and is present. Yeah, and it's and I, I mean it's all very uh, well negative. You know, you know what I mean. Like a, a, a lot of what we're hearing isn't positive. There's there's no there's no real good news story mm. out there. But in God's word, we've got this consistent kind of good news story. There's an acknowledgement that there are harsh realities to be faced in life, and and the psalm is pretty open about that. The fact is that they're facing a real threat, uh, an existential threat. Mm. You know, an, an army can wipe people out but the psalmist is insistent no god is with us god will protect us and and that's what they're clinging on to as as they face the situation okay so god is with us something that we need to cling on to as well that we need to depend on in our minds and how we're thinking about this whole situation what about reflection number two John? reflection number two um comes really from verse 10 which is god's voice in this psalm, it's all God's word, but we here we have the direct speech, so to speak, of God. And that is when God says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted in the earth. I will be exalted among the nations. The interesting kind of backstory here maybe is that for other people at the time of the people of Israel, there was this understanding that different gods were kind of in control of different areas. So you, if you were a Philistine, then there, you had your gods, the gods of the Philistines, and, and you worship them. And when you went into battle, say, against the Egyptians, well, the Egyptians had their gods. And so you have the human armies fighting, but they're kind of like, in a sense, avatars for the, the gods who are fighting, the, 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 uh, the Philistine gods and the Egyptian gods. What God is saying in verse 10 is he is powerful over all the earth. He's actually the, the, the key authority, the only authority. Um, and, and so we really need to focus on that and, and, and listen to him. And the reflection that came out of this is that we, we're hearing a lot of advice from the government. And as good citizens, we want to we wanna follow that, where, where we um, uh, put in place different sort of measures, social distancing and, and, and so on. We want to kind of embody uh, good compliance, good support of, 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 of authority. We're at least two and a half metres apart right now. I'd say we're closer to four. We've had to change things That's in, the right. last, in the last weeks. Yeah, so we're making all these concrete adjustments um, to our life because we want to recognise that authority and how it's a good one. Um, also, washing our hands, covering our coughs and so on. Um, so we're following medical advice. Um, the, we want to recognise that Yes, these are authorities and, and, and they're good to follow, but the one who is ultimately in control is, is God and we want to be following kind of uh, the directions that he gives us to, to help us be refreshed spiritually. So are we listening to what the government is saying and doing that? Yes, tick. Are we washing our hands, uh, keeping distances and, and, and being sensible in a hygienic way? Yes. Um, but are we, for example, conversing with other Christians? 
about the fact that Jesus is king and he's in control of this? Are we um, reflecting on God's word? Are we adopting those practices which um, give expression to the fact that God is in control and, and therefore we can continue to live as, as Christians and recognize his authority and grow in that way? Mm. Yeah, that's excellent, Jono. It's, it's a real challenge to think, you know, we take these regulations seriously that the human government puts on us, but when God says, this is something that's good for you, read my word, like dwell in it each day, mm. that we find perhaps harder to do. Or I certainly do. I probably take, take that less seriously. It's less present in my mind than hand washing. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes the first thing I do when I wake up is I get my phone and I read the news. You know, it's, it's really yeah. instinctive. Yeah, and it's, yeah. or like I'm in the car, what do I do? You can turn the radio on and listen to the news, you know, but I, ne- I need that input from God. I need to recognize, well, actually, if he's the ultimate authority, then I want to pay attention to him and, and, and receive encouragement through his word. Mm-hmm. Now, you actually Me. have the third reflection. Third yeah. reflection. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the third reflection just really comes from this idea of calming the storm. So we see in the psalm the picture of these waters that are roaring and surging, and then that's contrasted against a river that flows, making the city of God glad. And God's um, in control of the most chaotic situations. We saw uh, Andrew drew a link in the sermon then to Jesus' uh, uh, calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee and saying to the waves and the wind, be still. And uh, God has that power. Jesus has that power. And that power isn't just about uh, waves of uh, literal, in, in a literal sense, not just about armies. It's not just about the, the, the waves on the Sea of Galilee. He calms the chaos, which ultimately finds itself uh, brought out in death itself. Jesus calmed that chaos as well when he died and rose again, um, never again to die. And so we have hope regardless of how the storms go for us at the moment. We have hope even if we catch coronavirus. We have hope even if uh, some of those we love catch coronavirus, even if we end up dying, that doesn't delete the hope that God has for us. Our hope is in his calming of the storm of death, which he's done for us and showed that he's done in the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, and um, we're not getting too creative here with um, this idea of the sea or water being... um kind of an image of, of chaos because that's what's presented in, in the psalm is that it's meant to represent the fact that things can go terribly wrong as Andrew quoted Yates early on about, you know, the center cannot hold, things fall apart and so on. And so maybe it's helpful to think about, okay, um, what is kind of stormy in my life in this situation? Because um, there's stuff going on outside and then that prompts an, an inside response in you, like what's causing me anxiety? What's What's stressing me out? Uh, what are the concrete fears or just the sort of mental fears I need to deal with? Uh, and then recognizing what, what you were saying, Josh, about, well, actually, my hope is stronger than that particular thing. Um, my hope is stronger, stronger than this particular concern that I have. I can, ha- I can hold on to this hope even as I work through whatever the issue is. Mm. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, three reflections on Psalm 46. Um, hopefully they've made things a little practical. 
trying to think what are the truths that we need to hold in our minds as we um, yeah, just engage with what's going on in the world. What are the things that we need to fall back on, the, the truths about God himself that we can depend on? Um, so hopefully a couple of those uh, perhaps will be things that you can depend on through the week. John, it's been a pleasure. Josh, I love chatting to you. Oh, it's great times, isn't it? <laughs> um, maybe we can do it again sometime. Yeah, let's do it again. I reckon we should have another podcast episode where we talk to one another. Okay. I think that would be really productive. Well, at, at worst, we can just sit here and talk to each other and never release it. Yeah, but it would still happen. See, that's the thing. If two men sit socially distanced apart mm. in a church makeshift studio... Mm and have a podcast session but never publish the podcast, did it actually happen? I, w- I would argue, yes, it did happen. Gee, it's, a, it's a concerning question. This, is, what, this is what's known as a thought experiment. I don't think it's something that can be answered. Yes, because I, I think strong arguments could be marshaled on either side. Yes. I'm not sure if, what the etymology of the word podcast is, but perhaps if, if we didn't cast it, is it, it, would we just have a pod? I think we need to have a dedicated episode um, of uh, linguistic investigation. Well, that's it for this episode of Everyday Androvian. We super enjoyed having you, and also hope that you have a safe week. Catch you next time. Later. While you're listening, our theme song is by Neo Rose.